to the local bar podcast with your host chad alexander come on in we have a lot of friends we want you to meet well hello there from beautiful virginia beach this is the local bar podcast i'm your host chad alexander and of all the places you could be You've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, all the places you get your good and your bad podcast. Um, you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Local Bar Media. You want to reach out to us, find us on those socials, send us a message. Oh, same thing with Instagram. No, 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 no. Instagram did change. People were having a hard time finding me. I, I still don't like this name. I think I'm going to... I'm probably going to change it. It just doesn't fit me. Somebody told me to make it real Chad Alexander because you never know when you want to brand your name. And I just, I don't see that, that happening. Um, but if you want to follow us on Instagram, the, the better ones for the show are our Facebook page, local bar media. You go check that out. That's where you can find this. And if we ever get the other show up and running, maybe it'll be there. I am in Virginia beach. I, uh, I'm here for my, my real job. I have never, I've never spent this much time in Virginia. Let me tell you what I've done this week. I have, uh, the only time other than driving through Virginia to go somewhere, the only time I've spent time here like this, um, was years ago. My good buddy, Kurt Perot, uh, got married in Radford, Virginia. And I don't even know where Radford is. Um, but I drove up to it when I was living in Charlotte at the time and uh, went to his wedding and then came back. That's all I know of Virginia. This time I left Columbia, went up through Charlotte, drove to Charlottesville, then drove to Richmond, spent the night there last night, and now I'm in Virginia Beach. This is a beautiful state. Very, very underrated state. Gorgeous, very nice people, easy to drive around. Just a, just a great place for all of you Virginians. I'm I'm still not quite sure why Virginia is for lovers, but I will tell you this: it is a it is a wonderful state with great people, and the food is phenomenal here. You guys have killed my diet. I am going to have to fight to get back on. I've been doing my workouts, I've been running, but you guys are killing me with your food here. It's been great. Anyway, I hope you're doing well. Um, I uh, I haven't done a I haven't done a show on the road in a in a long time. Um. I don't ever like the, the the levels, so if you're having to mess with your uh, stereos a little bit more than you normally do, I, I do apologize for that. Uh, next week, we'll be back in studio. Um, it's been one of those kind of funky things again. A lot of you that have listened to this show have heard me complain about it before. The bane of doing a show, uh, an interview show, is it's amazing how people will cut out on you. And I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that's really funny for me, and I'm I'm not I'm not calling anybody out by, by saying this. I mean, I, I, no disrespect to anybody who's who's done this to me recently. But it's funny the whenever I do, whenever I get lucky, and I have someone that we would consider famous on the show, whenever they set a time for me, oh, they're they're there. It's without. I mean, most of their assistants are scheduling the time. I mean, it's 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 two different worlds. I'm sure. But the people that aren't famous are the hardest ones to keep up with. They're the ones that ditch me the most. It is the funniest thing. So I, I've, had, I've had a little bit of bad luck with that recently. But um, but it is nice to be to be with you this week. There's a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk about that I didn't need anybody else for anyway. So I thought this would be a good time. While I've been on the road, uh, it's where I do my best thinking is when I've been driving. So hope you've been doing well. Um, I know uh, with a lot of the emails that I've been getting lately, it feels, it feels, uh, knock on wood, it feels like people are finding their ways back to normal. People are starting to ask the questions that I remember they used to ask. That is um, decaf coffee. I'm drinking, by the way. I um, I try to watch it when I'm on the road. Um, I, I do think we're getting back to some kind of normal, and I and I and I hope we are, but I don't, I don't really know. All I know is that every day we just put one foot in front of the other and we try to do the best that we can and get back to where we think we need to be, which is the point of what I want to talk with everybody about briefly this week. 
I've been thinking about this a lot, and um, I think that um, I think there's some things I want to share with with this audience. Um, when I read your emails, when I when I see things that are going on in the media, when I when I look at what I hear um, us facing with with the trials in our community, I, I do see some common threads, and there's one that really keeps sticking out to me. Before I begin the show. With something that that'll tie into this later, I, I do want to give a shout out to somebody. Uh, Lisa Mustard has been on my show before. She's someone who does um, uh, she does a lot of stuff, but she she does a, a therapy show out of Columbia. Um, she's very good at her marketing. She 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 does a lot of uh, some other side hustles on the side. Everything that like she she's one of these people that I envy. Everything that she finds interesting she's turned into like a side hustle like she's one of those folks and she's very good at it um i think we live down the street from each other i don't know where she lives i think she lives close to where i live i run into her at the grocery store every now and then not long ago on her show the the therapy show with lisa mustard if you mustard like the um Mustard like the condiment. You, you, you can easily find her on 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 Facebook. Um, but the therapy show with Lisa Mustard. She did she did a show called um, uh, How to Start a Podcast. I, I something something to that extent. Whatever her latest show is, I cannot thank her enough for um, making that show. I've emailed a bunch of my friends that get that question too. And I've said, listen, I've got somebody who has finally answered all this because probably once a week, somebody will send me that question. And I'm, I'm not quite sure how to direct people uh, in, in that manner because I don't know that I ever did it correctly. Lisa does a very, very good job of, um, of, of walking people through this. So if you've ever, and she doesn't just talk about the technical stuff too. It's a great, it's a great episode. So if you get a chance, the therapy show with Lisa mustard, how to start a podcast. If any of you are looking at doing it, I, I I'm going to tell you, I need to just bookmark it. I need to have a, a link to it on our page. It needs to be the pinned link on my Twitter. It's a great episode, so go check it out. It's fantastic. She does a really good job. Um, I've been on her show. Not it, it wasn't that long ago. I don't know. She may not have even posted that one. I don't think that. I don't think that interview was that compelling. So she may she may have just skipped over me. I'm not sure. I bring that up because um, one of the things that I think has happened over the past couple of years, while everybody has been cooped up in their home or their, um, not just their home life, but their professional life has been, um, has forced them to look at it differently. People have really spent a lot of time, uh, thinking about what makes them happy. And I want to, I want to take it a, 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 a step or two further. I think that people have been trying to find their peace in everything. It's a it's a crazy time to be alive. I remember 2016. I got a <laughs> I got a memory uh, from Facebook the other day about something I posted in 2016, and I re- remember how we all thought that that was the craziest year. Oh, 2000! It's the craziest. Year. David Bowie's died, and someone has shot a gorilla. It's the the worst year. <laughs> Let that be a reminder that things can always be, be worse. Um, we have. We've been through a lot the past two and a half, three years. We've got a lot going on now. I mean, you know, I, I, I will tell you this. I, I'm someone who, um, and I feel like I should say this more and more. Um, whenever I talk about anything political, I, I need you to know something about me. I am not someone who pulls for a political party the same way you pull for a football team. Um, Parties have faults. Things don't work correctly. Uh, People don't make good decisions. And it doesn't matter which party they're in. It it can just happen. And the the past few years, everywhere we go, it's just just been we, we have other challenges that we have to deal with. And I, and I think we're we're at a uh, a part that um, 
where we're probably going to have, I think we're all very aware that with what we've been through over the past couple of years, we probably have a little bit more to go through. I'm not trying to be the pessimistic world's about to fall apart kind of guy. I'm not that. Um, but we, we've got some hardships that we're probably going to see. There's a lot going on in some parts of the world. Um, those of us that have grown up with global conflicts, real ones, you know, actual global conflicts, not like, mm, this seems like it should be, no, like a real one. Um, we probably have, whether it's financially or or if it's a recession, we've got stuff we're going to go through. And quite honestly, I hope that's all it really is. In doing so, though, and understanding what we're all going through, um, people are trying to find, I think, their place in everything. And and while we're while it's a journey, I think we constantly going on. We're, we're constantly going on. I think there's another way to say it, and I think it is: we are looking at what our peace is. Um, there's something. There's something with that finding peace in what we do every day with who we are, with feeling content, with feeling like we're on the right track, um, with feeling like we're doing what we're supposed to do, with feeling like we're there for other people, whatever our standards are. I do feel like even the, the most, the most rigorous of us in those confines have struggled with, um, But I, th- I think I think instead of asking you what your piece is, I think there's a question you have to get to. And it's not necessarily what is it exactly that you want, but what is the price you will pay for that piece? We've had a um, we've had a very interesting uh, case study thrown in every single one of our faces the other day that, I think we all need to think about not in the way that we have been because of how shocking it was, but in the way that we probably can relate to it individually. More on that in a little bit. I think the first thing that I would ask you is uh, what is it that you want? It's a question I ask myself a lot. Um, I, I find myself uh, someone who is very rarely satisfied with his professional uh, life. I have, a, I have a job that I'm in now that I'm enjoying and I'm on the road with it. It's very challenging. There's some there's some uneasy parts of it. There's some unknowns. There's a lot of unknown with it. But it's also a job that speaks towards the stuff that I really like. The stuff that I really like about myself. The stuff that I like about what I do, the stuff I like about healthcare. Again, I don't really talk about my jobs on the show, but just know it's something that I, I really do believe in and it's it is kind of fun. It's very interesting for me. But when I but when I talk about what I want, that's not that's not what it is. It's not like it's not like the job that I'm working at is the job I always dreamed I would do. I'll tell you a little secret. When I uh when I was going when I was graduating college, I actually thought that sales would be the job that I would never do. And it is pretty much the job I've always done. I think a lot of times we get into a track, not a rut, but we get on a track and we understand that we have to take one step and put it in front of the other. And there's a linear progression we have to take with each one of our jobs. And that's something that we look at. In a lot of cases, that's true. But I think more than uh, often that we realize that it's, it's really not. That this job, while it's on one path, actually has some skills that translate very well over to this one. I, I'll give you an example. When I was a manager, when I was a sales manager, I had... Um, someone that I worked with that kept saying that we needed to make sure we were hiring other people that had been in the same type sale in the same like city and region. And those were the only people we needed to, to um, make a pool for, for our candidacy for this, um, this certain sales position. 
let me be a little bit more specific. It was hospice. Okay. So my manager thought that we only needed hospice salespeople, people that had had a background in hospice that had worked in this one small city in South Carolina and had about four or five years worth of experience with them. Um, I told him I thought that was crazy. Don't get me wrong. Hospice is something that it probably takes you a few years to uh, get a good grasp of when you're conveying to the different people. You, you, you don't just sell to families or to patients. You also sell to practitioners, um, to the providers, to um, to all the people that are going to partner with you. It's a very complicated sell, right? Um, that doesn't mean that somebody that's been working for five years in a retail shop doesn't understand that. As a matter of fact, there's something with connecting with people that they may understand that someone who's been selling to doctors doesn't. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you spend all your time selling just to one person, like if you spend all of your time selling to doctors, you have no idea how to sell to nurses. If you spend all your time selling to nurses, you have no idea how to sell to patients. If you spend all your time selling to patients, you have no idea how to sell to their family members because your focus has put you looking at just one kind of tunnel vision thought without looking at the, the grand scheme of things. So uh, we had a big debate. My manager and I had a big debate and I was like, I, I think you're absolutely wrong. And there was this guy that was a year out of college that um, had some sales experience in his background, but nothing, nothing phenomenal but he had some sales experience in his background had some medical experience his his, his mom was uh, was uh, was uh, a practitioner of some sort so he had um, he had some kind of background with that but he didn't have like like actual medical sales experience so he he was just a, a young kid he interviewed extremely well. Uh, asked him a bunch of questions. It seemed like he had something that that I could work with, and he did. When it when it came to asking good questions and listening, he was brilliant at that. There's a skill set that he had learned working in his retail job. Sure, there's a lot of, about the medical world that he didn't know, but I mean, none of us have ever gone to medical school that are in medical sales. Like we we talk a big game, but it's something you can learn. People will say this all the time now. It's one of the things that I'll see on social media. Um, you'll, you'll bring somebody will bring up something in an argument, and somebody will say, "Well, are you a doctor?" I was like, well, "No, but I I know how to read. <laughs> like I can do research. I can read a book. It doesn't make me an expert, but it at least allows me to have an opinion on the matter. Like I've never ridden in a spaceship before." But I'm pretty sure that I've got a good idea that it's a pretty cool ride. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think we forget that sometimes. Anyway, my, my point is that a, a lot of times everybody thinks you have to walk down some linear path. And that's not really the case. The lessons you learn in one area can lead you somewhere else. And I think that's one of the areas where we get lost. When I start talking with people that are... 35 and older maybe even a little bit younger than that one of the things that i'll hear them say is that well i've been in this job so long i've been in this arena this long almost like they can't give it up and leave and go somewhere else i'm not saying it's easy i'm not saying that everything translates and transfers it, it, it doesn't I'm not a Buddhist, but as far as everything that I've ever been taught, you really only have one life. Or is it Hindu? Which one? Which one is it? Hindu? I think it's Hinduism where you come back. Uh, y anyway, you get what I'm saying. It, I think there's there's something that we lose from time to time. Because we get on a track of a decision we made when we were in our early 20s. And we think for some reason we have to live up to that that track. Some of you, some of you chose to go the route of something complicated like, uh, like a, a medical practitioner. Um, 
something that has uh, a lot of school schooling afterwards. We we often think of doctors and lawyers and, and 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 all the years of academia that you have to put in, and then even the time after that that you have to dedicate to it, money, the sacrifices that are made, and it's like, well, I can't stop now. I've already gone down this path. I I can understand that. I don't think you're right. I still think if you want to do something else, you can. Why? Because I, I don't know about you, but I only have one life that I can live. And I think you should chase the things that you really feel compelled to chase. Again, working in hospice all those years, I never heard anybody say, um, I should have never chased that dream of mine. <laughs> I should have spent more time at work. These are the things you don't ever hear in hospice. I think all too often um, we're afraid to chase after what we want. And so it, 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 it begs the next question. Why aren't you trying to get what it is that you want? Is it because you feel like you there's a linear path that you have to chase? You put up too much time and dedication. You don't want to admit that your 19-year-old self that made that decision could possibly be wrong. Okay, it's easy to make fun of that one. I've taken jobs that I thought were going to be great ones and they ended up not. I've gone down roads where I thought they were going to be bad and they were great. It, 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 it freaking happens. Why are you, why are you scared to, to admit that maybe you made a bad choice? One of the worst things, one of the worst things about living on this planet in this information age Is that people are so damn, I, I wouldn't say scared, but mortified to admit that either they've made a mistake or they don't have enough information about something. Like you're supposed to know everything from the very beginning. And if you don't, it's a sign of weakness. It's, it, that's the, it's one of the worst things that we ever teach our children, each other, ourselves. There's nobody that is born into this world knowing everything. Most people, I think today, don't know much about what they're talking about anyway. I hear people talking these days about social issues as if they're sociologists, as if, and with apologies to my friends that are sociology professors, uh, as if sociology is really something that can be held up there with psychology or any of those other science. I, I, I don't, I really don't believe that it can. It's a debate to be had at a bar later on, but I don't think that it is. People talk in, uh, people talk in not just generalities, but, um, they talk in, um, absolutes about stuff they have no idea what they're talking about. Or we're talking absolutes about things that have no absolute answers. We just like to do that. We like to we like to, to to do that. And then we hear that and we think that everything has to be so linear. Every every point leads to this one particular counterpoint. There's no other way. And and I'm I'm going to tell you as a 40 almost 45 year old guy that's been testing this life thing every damn day it's one of those things that i know is just not true one of the one of the fallacies i grew up with and one of the things that i see my oldest daughter living with now yeah so let me let me back up a second one of the most incredible things is that um one of the most incredible things is having a daughter that is exactly like you Bryn is plagued by the fact that she believes everything should be so linear. And I say plagued because I was brought up that way too. Everything that my parents taught me was going to go down this one regiment, this this one this one avenue. But it wasn't like my parents were really pointing me towards anything, but these were just the things that I was supposed to do, which is fine. There, there are some things that you, you need direction as a kid. But I also wasn't allowed to really be the free thinker that I am. I mean, I, I'm there's a, there's an artistic part to what I do. There's an outside the box thinking shit. I, I, I started this show. I, basically in a, in a closet in some dude's house in, in Chapin, South Carolina. 
from the money I got from a tax return. And, and nobody, nobody, nobody told me what to do with it. And so I think there's something that happens when we, we, we think we're giving people structure, which we should, and, and kids should have it. But at the same time, we, we do need to teach people to, to, to think freely and ask questions. For me, when I was in high school and I saw the movie Dead Poet Society and there was the idea that all these boys that are at a boys' school were being taught to think on their own and the people that ran the school thought that that was just obtuse. There was no reason for that. But the simple fact was that Robin Williams' character in that movie wasn't trying to, to say anything against the school. He was showing that the two could coexist. We don't, we don't do that enough. You're either a free thinker, independent, with no structure, or you're a very structured person with a linear progression, and never the twain shall meet. Who the, who the hell said that was a good idea? Is that why you're not trying to go after what you really want to do? Are there other reasons? Are there financial reasons? Do you not have the support system around you? Do you not believe to make some big leap that the people aren't there for you to do it? Are you scared of messing up? I've never put out an album. <laughs> I've written a ton of songs. I don't know that Maria's ever even heard a single one of them. I don't know that anybody's ever heard a single one of them. There's a thing when we create where you start out in the beginning and there's this there's this this dopamine release, maybe some sort of euphoria where you're creating and you're doing something and you love it. And then you start critiquing yourself because you want to make sure you're doing a good job. And then you get overly critical and it and you and you fall into this abyss and most dreams die there some people are able to either balance it out or pull themselves out of it because they understand that it's just a passing of time before they're able to to, to reach the other level i have a hard time digging out of that case in point i uh, bought all the equipment to start this show back in 2014 this show did not start until october of 2015 i tried different things i tried different angles i tried different interviews i tried different shows and none of them really worked and then i got overly critical and then one day i i realized something else and i, I moved forward are you worried that people are going to be critical of you are you worried that not everybody is going to love it Man, if there's anything that I've learned in sales is that when you want to come up with something to sell to people, you do not sell to the entire world. There's never been a product that absolutely everybody has bought. Never in all of human existence. There's always somebody that doesn't like this one thing. You don't have to appease everybody let me say it in a different way you're there's always going to be someone who hates your stuff i've i've said this before on one show i've had uh my friend ace uh andrew evans on the show a couple of times great guy ace is one of the nicest of the nice guys it's it's really hard to not like ace he's he's extremely interesting he's very talented but he loves to learn about you. He's a great guy to be around. You're never going to have a bad time with him when you're hanging out at night with Ace. And Ace is absolutely the villain in someone's story. <laughs> like there's a, there's a there's a there's a guy out there that thinks Ace is the Darth Vader of his life. You you're never going to please everybody and there's no reason you should try to strive for that. Your success should never be uh, driven on everyone will love this. It's impossible. It's improbable. It's impractical. And it is a waste of your time. But let's back it down for that. Maybe you, you don't think enough people will like it to be successful. Maybe you don't need a lot of people. Lisa doesn't say this in her show, but I'm going to tell you the best advice I can give anybody that wants to do podcasting is this. It's advice that I got a long time ago. 
if you were to stand up in your living room every Tuesday at 2 o'clock and talk for 45 minutes, and every Tuesday, five random people from five different places would park their car outside of their house, uh, of your house, walk in, sit down silently, not say a damn thing, listen to you speak, and then get up and leave. And the only thing you knew was they were going to be back the next week. Would you continue doing what you do? Well, first of all, the metaphor is kind of creepy when you think about it. But I do it every week. Sure, it's not five people. It's it's getting around 12,000 people now. I, I, I do get emails from people, but the percentage is extremely thin. And it's not about that. If it was five people, I would continue doing this because... It's an expression that I want to do. People seem to like it. I feel like it makes a difference. It scratches those itches. And while I'm impressed, and some of you probably just heard me say 12,000, you thought, oh my God, that's fantastic. It, it ain't the population of South Carolina. It, it's not everybody. They're not lining up. They're not lining up in droves to have me meet them and sign books and stuff like that outside of the publics near my house. It's it, it's not. It, it, you you've got to look at what realistically your your goals are. And if it's a lot about fame, maybe you're looking the wrong way. And we'll talk about that here in a second. So that aside, think about this: what's seriously in your way? Since July, I'm going to go back a little bit earlier. January of last year, I got COVID. I got the real COVID. Not, not the fake COVID. The, this this COVID junior that's going around. By the way, if you, if you don't know this, everybody talks about how this stuff works. When viruses mutate, they get weaker. Right? And they we're all supposed to be scared about stuff. but So when viruses mutate, they get weaker. And so when I got COVID again a few months ago, it was like nothing. I was actually out running a, a week and a half later. Um, I wasn't running well, but I did. When I got COVID the first time, that was bad. It was really bad. And one of the things that I noticed, and I've said this before on, on one of the shows where I talk about the diet program that I am, I'm, I'm on now. Uh, one of the things that I noticed in the hospitals that I work in is that it seemed like the bulk of the people, not everybody, but the bulk of the people that were coming in and not making it were people that were morbidly obese or people that had diabetes and they didn't really do a good job of managing it. And that's th those those are comorbidities that that we see that are complications in everything. But but it was it it, it seemed that way. And so one of the things I thought of is like maybe I need to shed a few pounds. And I have. And then I'll go on the road like I am this week and it's it's hard not to have beers with the guys after a tough day of sales. And when the company's paying for your meals, it's hard to not get that steak and all that stuff you don't need to eat. We don't like to talk about the choices that we make. We live in a day and age of where personal accountability is null. It's always somebody else's fault, right? One of the first things I realized in July of last year when I started losing weight or my desire to get in better shape is that, you know who the only one that really can sabotage this? Like I can even make, so I will tell you this. One of the reasons why I'm successful is my wife is in on this and she's the one that really came up with the idea to do it. And to be quite frank with you, I think she's the one that came up with the money for us to do it. But she, And she's the one that plans a lot of it and she puts in most of the work. And yeah, I can tell you that I'd have a hard time being successful if it wasn't for her. But if all of a sudden she wanted to take a week off, there have been days that she's wanted to stay in bed. I've gotten up and worked out. And she's had legitimate reasons. Don't get me wrong. She's not slacking at all. She was sick one day. Maybe she went to a concert the night before, so she hit her exercises later. But I don't let her decision to stay in bed keep me in bed because Maria was not there 20 years ago shoving the wrong food and the wrong beer in my mouth to put me in the situation I'm in today. It's still a personal choice. When we have things in our way, I'm going to tell you right now, the bulk of them, not all of them, 
and maybe sometimes not even the hardest one, but the bulk of them are obstacles that we've put there. I'd love to learn how to take, I would love to learn how to play the piano, Chad. Well, have you taken piano lessons? No, I don't have time. Really? It's like 30 minutes a week and then practice whenever you can. No, I don't have the time for that. Man, I would love to do that program that y'all do, but I just don't have time during the day. Neither do we. That's why we get up at 4.45 in the morning. But I'm not a morning person. You think you weren't a morning person? My wife was never a morning person, but she gets up and she works her booty off with me every single day. Yeah, I'm just not that way. I can't really keep up with my finances. I don't really know about trading. It's not my thing. I don't have the extra income. Really? No. We all went out to the bar last week. Blew more money than we needed to. Why didn't you use that money for that? How about these friends you don't ever get around to see? Family members. Who's getting in the way of all that? Why do I say all this? Here's what's weighing heavy on me. Um, one of the things I've, I've been thinking about all week on this trip is that um, every it, we, we, we need to do more hard things. I, I love the fact that Maria got me into this diet program because there are certain exercises that I don't like doing. There are certain things that I don't like doing. But I've started doing them because I need to, to make myself uncomfortable and, and push myself in, in, in limits that I don't normally push myself. It's important for you to have coaches. Uh, it's important for you to have people you look up to. It's important for you to have people that 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 cheer you on sure but people that critique you as well because you will never push yourself as hard as somebody else can push you i don't care how competitive you are michael jordan if you watch the last dance one of the things that's extremely apparent in that in that show is that michael jordan was the was the guy he was the guy he pushed everybody on that team to be better. When you went there, you either got better or you got out. But Phil Jackson also pushed Michael. There was always somebody that you, even the best need people to push them. I don't think we do enough hard things to really push ourselves, to show ourselves and compete with ourselves so that when hard times really show up, we don't realize how we're already equipped to, to handle them. We don't challenge ourselves enough. We wait. Oh, I've never really worked out because I just haven't had the time, but I also don't really need to. But there, there's a hike that's coming up next year I think I might do. So two weeks before, I'll jump into it. I'm not real good with my finances. When things get really bad, maybe I'll start looking into a way to control them. It's not the way you do it. My doctor says that if my blood levels get a little bit more off, he's going to put me on a third medication. So I'm probably going to have to start running or doing something different sometime if he does that. Why are you waiting? I got one for some of y'all out there in the religious world. It's funny how you, you're, you're, you're quick to pray to God whenever times are bad. But you forget to praise him whenever you, things are going good in your life. It's pretty hard to remember that sometimes, isn't it? We don't push ourselves out of our comfort zone to keep ourselves well-rounded enough. And what happens is we end up finding ourselves in situations where we're not comfortable and we're not satisfied. And there's no peace in our life. So what we get... Is the opposite of what we're looking for. And then, because it happens so often, we think that's the natural reaction to things. I'm not going to talk about it from the, from the stances that everybody else has talked about it this week. Because I'm already tired of it. 
But I'm going to tell you something that I don't think most of you know about the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing. Hang with me. One of the things that I've learned um, in my foray into uh, stand-up comedy, the, the, the very little I've done, but also with interviewing people that have been on the show and people that haven't. Um, and really what, what Adam Sandler's movie Funny People was even about is comedians are different than you think. In order to be that funny, you really have to take life less seriously. Not just yourself less seriously. They do that in, in spades. But you have to take life less seriously. And to do that, you look at things in a way that I don't think a lot of other people do and then decide what envelope you want to push. Now, that doesn't mean to say that comedians don't need to sometimes watch what they're saying. I, I will tell you this. If you go to a comedy club, which is a physician, uh, physician. <laughs> if you go to a comedy club, which is a comedian's home field advantage, do not walk in there saying you're offended by anything. Because I'm going to tell you, a comedian in a comedy club, nothing is off limits. Nothing. Nothing is off limits. Because they're in there pushing norms. That's where they work out. That's where they do their hard things. That's where they read what this crowd's reaction is. To see if they want to take it somewhere else. I'll tell you something else too though. That you you probably don't know. It does not matter who your favorite comic is. It could be the most wholesome comic. It could be um, Ray Romano. Carol Burnett, who I, I still contend is the best ever. Every comedian you know has made fun of somebody and they've regretted it later. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. It's not that they don't have that filter on the front end. Some of them use it. Some of them don't. Some of them don't have it. But because they think on a different level and take things less seriously... Sometimes they will pause and say, I didn't realize I hurt your feelings. Now, I will tell you, sometimes we expect them to, and I think we just need to toughen up a little bit. How about take yourself a little bit less seriously? But it does happen. Sarah Silverman said something on a podcast not long ago, and she she's funny. I really like Sarah Silverman. The more woke she gets, the less funny she is. But she... um. She talked on a show about how she was making jokes about Paris Hilton, who at the time Paris Hilton was like one of the biggest things. And Paris Hilton was saying some pretty stupid stuff. It was pretty easy to pick on Paris Hilton. But she reamed her and found out later that it really bothered Paris. And she never meant to do that. They were jokes. But she apologized profusely for it and felt bad for it. It didn't mean she didn't stop pushing the envelope. It didn't mean that she wasn't going to eventually run into somebody else. But comedians do that. That is something that they do. Find you a comedian. Ask them if this is true. If they say no, it's not, then they're not really a comedian. Or they're not a very good one. This is something that they do. It is inherent in them. They are born with this sense of not taking things so seriously. But at the same time, they're very aware of what the human emotions can 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 be and how they can be devastated from one point to the next and they're apologetic but then they move they move on don't think for a second that's a bad thing because when you apologize to a comedian they accept it and they move on it works in your favor and in, in, in that extent I, i've heard stories about about that that, that that i'm telling you it's just the way the way they're built I think uh, I don't want to break down the Chris Rock thing too much, but I'll tell you that, you know, you, you hire a comedian to come to a room where their job is to uh, introduce things, be funny, bust on folks, bust on millionaires and billionaires, get people to watch it. They laugh at themselves. They all move forward. It is what it is. If you want to make a lot about what he said, that's fine. You can do that. I mean, you have your argument and your opinion. 
I, I think you don't understand comedy and God almighty. If there's not a worse time to be a comedian, I will tell you this. I will tell you this though. <laughs> it is funny that it was Chris rock. And after he got slapped, you know, he kind of took himself. And there was a moment where he's like, I could, and he stopped. And I think Chris Rock in his day could have absolutely just all of a sudden started throwing stuff back at them and really making fun of them with a lot of the stuff that we're going to, you know, like the, the, that's going on with the Smith's life that we'll talk about here in just a brief second. But he didn't. And he just moved forward. And Will Smith should have not only apologized to him, but he probably should have thanked him. Because I'm going to tell you right now, had that been Dave Chappelle, Chappelle would have taken that slap. He would have lit a cigarette on stage. And then he would have taken about 45 minutes and buried the entire Smith family so bad that they would not be seen in public for the next three years because they'd be embarrassed by what Dave Chappelle would have done to make fun of them. The Will Smith part of it, you know, I've seen people, they're very passionate about what they think he should have done or what he did, what was right. I don't know. I've got my own feelings of it. If you're curious what I think about, I think you, if somebody is talking to your wife and you want to shout something back at him, you have every right to do so. You go up and you and you, and you push some guy because he said something to your wife. Then what you're saying, my opinion, just take it for what it is. My opinion is you're saying your wife can't deal with words and can't take up for herself. So you're going to smack somebody. Somebody comes at your wife to where you or your family's in danger. Have at it. That, that's, I'm not going to I'm not going to get on to you for that. That's just the way that it is. I'm going to tell you, somebody says some crap to my wife. I promise you, she can take care of herself. Not that I won't be yelling stuff at him, too. But she doesn't need me to all of a sudden do that. Anyway, let's not go too far down that road. Let's talk about what's important with the Will Smith thing. Will Smith does not know what peace is in his life. I, I caution people all the time when they talk about celebrities, athletes, any of these people that we hero worship. Be very careful. They're so talented. They did these amazing things. They made movies. Congratulations, you made a movie. Yeah, you've made millions of dollars. This is quite an accomplishment. You, you didn't win a Nobel Peace Prize. You played the part of somebody that did the hard work to win a Nobel Peace Prize. You're, I mean, again, I don't mean to belittle them, but you're a professional liar. That, that, that's all it is. You, you, you didn't accomplish what the people you play the part of your movies did. Back it down a little bit. But we worship these people. It's not necessarily their fault. We set the groundwork. I think Will Smith became popular and famous at a young age. I think he's lived in a different world. People talk about the different Americas that are out there. Certainly celebrity status puts you in a world where you you it's very easy to be out of touch. I'm not saying every celebrity is, but I would go to say the bulk of them are. They're out of touch. They don't know what it's like. Even when they did struggle, they didn't really some of them did, but mm, most of them had an end somewhere, which means they weren't as bad off as you thought. But I think Will's gone through some pretty tough things. He's a great actor. I love his movies. I, I don't know, I mean, other than Wild, Wild West, which is one of the most horrific things. I don't think they should take his Oscar back from him because I think when you give awards, you shouldn't use that punitively to, to, to get onto somebody for something else. But they should almost ban him from the Oscars for making Wild Wild West. That's a horrible movie. It's a terrible movie. It's an awful movie. What he did to that song was terrible. It's awful. But I love his movies. I, I think he's fantastic. He's a great actor. In a lot of different movies. I, I, I love it. God, Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, my God. What a great movie. A great job he does in that movie. For those of you that don't know, he and his wife have an open marriage. But they have an open marriage because when she decided to run around on him with um, <laughs> other dudes, they decided they'd have it then. And I haven't really heard the reports about who Will's with. I think the man's been through some trying times. I think he's been made fun of for a lot of things. I don't think him getting up there and slapping Chris Rock, and this is my overall point, by the way, wasn't so much about protecting Jada. It was about protecting Chris. We've gone a couple of years. 
knowing that his wife is sleeping around with rappers that are younger than him and her. And everybody's made fun of him about it. So he wanted to look like tough guy. So he slapped Chris Rock. Okay, it's a bad decision. It's not the flex you, you thought it was. More importantly, it's a sign of a guy that does not have peace in his life, even though it looks like he has it all, right? It's it's that price of, of peace. What what price what price would you pay to have peace in your life? Now, I'm not saying that every celebrity has to give up the celebrity status in order to achieve it. I'm not saying that for you to achieve it, you have to find some celebrity status. I think it's a question that we have to look within ourselves and figure out what it is that we're going to do and what is that price. And it's not something that you give up. Look, I say price and most people just thought of a monetary value. I don't mean anything like that. How much time are you willing to give towards that thing you really want to do? How many nights out with the guys are you willing to give up because there's something else that you want to focus on or learn or spend time getting right in your house? How many baseball games are you going to go attend because you want to be the dad that really is there, not just the one that says that he's there to support? How many books are you going to read to get better in this skill? How many times are you willing to fail? How many embarrassments? How many negative emails? Oh my God. Don't even get me started on that. that. What price would keep you? Where's your breaking point? I want you to say your breaking point out loud when you figure out what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of this. I mean this seriously. Find a room, find a place, be in your car, and say it out loud. I just don't want to get 10 bad emails. I want you to hear yourself say that and listen to how ridiculous that is. Then do something hard and realize you can go further. I don't want to be the worst person on the internet. Well, you know what's great about being the worst person in podcasting? Uh, You're probably the most famous. (laughs) Never forget that the bulk of you know the name William Hung. And probably can't name five other winners of American Idol. I'm not saying shoot for that. I'm just, just, it's my point. You know, when you don't have that peace in your life, you're never going to have focus. You're going to feel pulled in all these directions. And then like what Will Smith did the other day, you're going to act off emotions, which is not going to turn out well for you. You you have to decide what it is that you, you want out of your life and then what you will pay And maybe there is a price that you want. I'm not saying there's not a line there. Shit, I'm not giving up my kids for something. Forget it. I'm not giving up my wife for something. Forget it. Not giving up my dog. My neighbor? Yeah, maybe. My time, certainly. I can refocus things. Maybe harder than I think, but I can. You want to go start a podcast, start a podcast. Go listen to Lisa Mustard's thing. Go listen to her show. I'll add a couple things to what she said. Find your voice. Find find what it is you really want to say. But then turn around and ask yourselves, okay, how much time do I want to devote to this? I'm not talking about the 30 minutes that I'm going to talk each week, but how much time am I going to go into it to figure out how to make um, my show better, my content better? Do I want guests? What happens if guests don't show up? Do I still reach out to the world and talk? 
Sure, if you got something to say. No, don't do it if you don't. It's the life I live of this podcast. But if you want to do something, if there's something that you want that you think will help find that peace that you're looking for, there's one thing that I'll tell you you cannot afford to do, and that is wait. You can't sit and wait for everything to come to you because most stuff's just not going to you. And if something did just happen to find its way to you, you don't know that it was the best thing you could have had. My daughter um, loves the Hamilton play. And in, in, that, um, in that play, uh, the character that, that, played, um, that plays Aaron Burr, or the, the actor that plays the character Aaron, Aaron Burr, uh, sings a song called Wait For It. And the lyrics of that song are phenomenal to me. And there's a line that I love. It's, um, life doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes. The, the, the big wheel just is going to keep spinning. You are already an afterthought on it. If you don't have peace in your life, ask yourself why you don't. Maybe it's not necessarily what you're striving for, but maybe striving against. Maybe you're not in a good situation. Maybe you need to find yourself in a better group of friends. Maybe you need to find yourself in a better church. Maybe you need to find yourself writing different songs. Maybe you need to find yourself doing different podcasts. Whatever it is. What is it exactly that you want that you that you want? Why aren't you trying to get it? What seriously, honestly, besides yourself is in your way? I don't want to say this, but in my heart, I really do believe we're going to go through some hard times. People are still going to be at each other's throats. We're, we're told to be against each other. We're told to be divided every day. The people you think most are trying to bring people together, they're not. There's money in this. They, they like to keep people separate. We have things going on in the world right now that are beyond our control. People aren't looking to get to know their neighbors the way that they need to. We're not looking at our communities. We're not looking at the things within our reach. We're looking at a, in global situations that we, we have no control over. We're, we're losing touch. We're going to pay for this. We are. I like to, I like to believe that we'll get through it, but there's going to be some hard times. You need to start asking yourself where your peace is. You need to start finding out how much you're willing to sacrifice, what you'll give up. And then you need to start doing some weight training. You need to start doing heavy things, hard things that make you better. There's no reason to wait for it. It is not flowing downstream to you. Oh, I'm not saying this as a guy that's got it all figured out. I'm still chasing mine, but I can tell you that everything that I've told you is absolutely true. It's given to me by people that that did find their peace, that have found it. I pray that you you really take this to heart and and try to figure it out. That you spend time on it. That you try to answer those questions for yourself. I'm going to, for me, I, I really hope that you do. Because the more we all do it, the more peace there is on this world of ours. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show any support is greatly appreciated if you'd like to drop us a line send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com thanks for coming in see you next week
This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know you better than you think you know yourself. You're not so different.